Thanks for joining us today. We love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that online at fellowshipgj.com. Pick the giving option that works best for you and help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's message. Well, good morning, church. I had the opportunity to take a couple weekends off, and what that means is I went and got filled up, and I am ready to preach today. So I am pumped about this. I will do my best to have you home in time for dinner tonight, so uh, get comfortable. But I'm excited about this. I want to share with you today a message that I've heard several times in my life. Growing up, I've heard it many different times, but I believe that it's a message that's timely for our church right now. I believe God wants us to look at this today, and I believe it's going to help so many people today. And we find it in the book of Mark chapter 8, and I want to just dive in and start reading right now. It says, they came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, Do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They, they look like trees walking around. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened and his sight was restored. And he saw everything clearly. Jesus sent him home saying, don't even go into the village. Verse 27. Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he asked them, who do people say I am? And they replied, some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. Still others, one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, you are the Messiah. Last week, Pastor Hooper brought a message called Hidden in Plain Sight. And we talked about the fact that um, a lot of us go through seasons in life or sometimes even in a spiritual condition would have a seeing problem. That maybe that thing you've been praying about and that problem you've been trying to solve, the answer's right in front of you, but it could be hidden in plain sight. We began talking last week about asking God to open up our sight so that we could see things clearly. And this week, I want to kind of continue in that same path. And I want to speak from the subject today, starting to see. So would you pray with me today? Heavenly Father, we come together in Jesus' name right now. We just want to thank you for how great you are. We thank you that you've already met with us in this time together in this room. And we pray right now that you would open our eyes to see, that you would open our ears to hear, and that you would, uh, you would just allow us to have more revelation of who you are and what you want to do in our lives, that you give us clarity and direction. I pray right now there be no distractions, including myself, from your word and what you want to teach us today. We're so thankful for you, and we pray that you be with us right now. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. At the end of this passage we just looked at, um, Jesus asked the question, who, who, who do you say that I am? 
You see, it's interesting because they started off talking about who other people said that Jesus was. Because some people say that he's a prophet. You know, some said that he was John the Baptist. You know, there's all these sort of people. The, the world murmurs about who they think Jesus is. But Jesus really made it a pointed question to show us, it's not very important what everyone else says about me. Who do you say that I am? When it comes to a relationship with Jesus, how, how do you see Jesus? Do you, do you recognize him uh, for who he really is? And, and I think a lot of us, when we read this passage, if you're familiar with it at all, we tend to just immediately in our minds jump to Peter's answer. We think about the, this huge, beautiful moment where Peter declares that Jesus is the Messiah, we think about that answer. But the problem, which is jumping to that answer, jumping to the statement of one man, is if you just jump to Peter's answer, you can step right over the silence of the 11. Because I want to suggest to you that the silence of the 11 screams much louder than, than the statement of one man. That yes, Peter himself recognized and was able to see that Jesus was the Messiah. He's the Son of God. But it's the other 11, and this is surprising to me, that their silence, they didn't say anything. They didn't make a stab. They didn't form an opinion of who Jesus was. And what's amazing about this is that these men, they've lived their lives following Jesus. Every day they got up and they, they followed him around. They saw him heal people. They saw him raise people from the dead. Uh, he, he was blessing people. He was fulfilling prophecies, all the Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah. He fulfilled them day after day. They saw all this happening. And, and yet, for whatever reason, whether they had a lack of vision, a lack of revelation, whether they were scared, they weren't even willing to take a stab at who Jesus was. And he put them on the spot. He asked the question, who do you say that I am? I think it's an embarrassment to, to the followers of Christ because it's one thing to be a naysayer. It's one thing to say, you know, I, I, I don't believe he's God because there are people that are, are wrestling with who Jesus is and trying to form an opinion of who they think he is. But what's more shocking than that is people who are unwilling to even take a stab at who Jesus is, they were silent. And, and silence in people is frustrating. I, I don't need silent people around me. I don't need people who are for me and keep it to themselves, right? Like, if you're for me, be for me. Tell, tell people, if you're part of my family and you love me, be part of my family and love me. Don't, don't keep it secret. Don't, don't keep it silent. I mean, if you're in leadership, you know how terrible it is to lead people who don't respect who you are. And here, here, here Jesus is surrounded by a group of people, and they won't even, they won't even say that this is who Jesus is. They hadn't put their finger on it, but, but it was Peter. Peter spoke up and he said, no, 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 I know who he is. He, he's the Messiah. He's the Son of God. He's the Christ. Uh, he, he himself is God. I know who he is. And it's amazing because Jesus responds to him. And in another one of the Gospels in Matthew 16, we see that Jesus responds and says, it's so cool because um, God himself, God the Father, showed Peter that I'm the son of God. He said, other people didn't tell him this. God opened his sight to see. So what we have here is that because Peter is following Jesus and being obedient to Jesus, God saw that and said, I'm going to open his eyes and let him see something that other people can't see. So in Peter's obedience to God, all of a sudden now, God says, here, I'm going to show you something cool about my son. I'm going to show you something that other people can't see. He sees it all of a sudden. This is the son of God. And, and everyone else is like, how did you see that? And, and Jesus himself was amazed because he's got like, 
God opened your eyes to this. That's a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful thing. And I wonder, have you ever been around other people that can't see the same things you see? Like, has God ever opened your eyes to something? And, like, and, and all of a sudden there's a situation going on and God begins to show you that he's at work. And, and you start to see God's really working in my business. He's, really, he's working on healing me right now. He's, he's guiding me. He's showing me who Jesus is. He's, he's changing my life. And there are other people around you that, like, that think you're crazy. And they're like, how do you see things that way? And if God's ever opened your eyes to something, our question comes back exactly the same to them. Go, no, wait, how do you not see it? How can you not see what God is showing us right now? And here we've got Peter, who is surrounded by other men who love Jesus. That's the shocker in this. These disciples, they're following Jesus because they love him. They trust him. And, and, and how is it that, that these same men that love and trust Jesus aren't seeing things clearly, aren't seeing who Jesus really is? So Peter here is surrounded by people who can't see who Jesus is, but here he is, and now he's starting to see. He's starting to see clearly. And it's in the same passage just a couple verses before where we see a group of people bring a man who's blind to Jesus. It, it should be something that wakes us up and goes, wait a minute, this is story is about blindness. A blind man from a blind city is brought to Jesus. Who, Jesus is surrounded by men who can't see. Like, there's all sorts of blindness in the story, and you might think it's just this one man who can't see physically, but there's a lot of people in the story who are having a hard time seeing. And now we've got... Jesus is surrounded by a group of people who, who can't see him clearly. And you go, so, so then do we point out Peter and go, well, Peter can see clearly, that's great. Well, well, Peter could see clearly on certain things, but he couldn't see clearly on everything. I mean, he could see that Jesus was the Messiah, but we'll, we'll talk about later that, that he didn't see everything clearly. And now this man is brought to Jesus, okay? And, and I heard this story all growing up. I knew the story. You've probably heard the story if you've been in church for any period of time. This is the story that a lot of times if we're trying to talk about that one guy that was healed, we would say something like, the man who needed a second touch. You ever heard that before? The guy that needed a second touch. So we get it because you look at the fact that, that he was touched by Jesus and he couldn't see clearly. He saw men walking around. They looked like trees. So Jesus touched him again. And, and I've always heard that growing up. But I think if we look back in the passage, we're going to see that, that people have miscounted. Because it's not just two touches in the story. And we're going to go back and we're going to look at the story again and we're going to see that there's actually three touches in the story. And these three touches, they're, they're symbolic to the stages that you and I go through in life where when, when we're following Jesus and we're walking with him, he takes us through these different touches, these different stages. And by recognizing this, this can help encourage you, help you so much. Because what happened is the Bible said that they brought a man to Jesus and, and Jesus, Will, if you'd help me out, Jesus took the man by the hand. He took the blind man by the hand. That's the first touch. Now, what do you do when you've been touched by Jesus and nothing about your condition changes? So it's like, they brought me to Jesus because I can't see. I'm blind. I need help. They, other people are brought to Jesus. Jesus touches them. They can see. So here I am right now. They brought me to Jesus. Jesus touched me, and I can't see. Nothing about my condition has changed at all. And this can be a point of frustration for a lot of people because we come to Jesus and we say, I'm struggling in some area in my life. I've got an addiction. 
Well, I don't want other people to know about it. I'm struggling. And maybe if I just get a touch from Jesus, it'll change things. My marriage is falling apart. If I can get a touch from Jesus. And Jesus will reach down and grab a hold of us. And he grabs a hold of us. And then we go, wait a minute. Nothing changed. Here I am standing here blind. I can't see. But the Bible says that Jesus took him by the hand and he began leading him out. Now, see, nothing about the, the situation changed, the condition changed. Now, you, you might still be in a storm. You might not be able to see, but now me and you, we have a relationship. Now, now you know who I am, and I know who you are. So now I'm beginning to lead you out. I'm beginning to take you out of here, and your marriage might be struggling. Your kids might be freaking out, and, and it looks like nothing's changed. But really, really, I'm telling you now, now we know who each other are. There's a relationship. Something's happening here. And a lot of people get so frustrated now because we're going, nothing changed in my life. And this would be the point where we go, I, I think since it's not working, I want to let go. I want to go do my own thing. But the Bible doesn't say that the man grabbed Jesus. Instead, it says that Jesus grabbed the man. Because... Because if I grab on to Jesus and I get discouraged, then I'm going to want to let go and my grip can be broken. But it was Jesus that his grip can't be broken. And he holds on to us even when we can't see what's going on. And he says, I'm going to start leading you out. You're going to come with me. And you might look at your life right now and go, I'm in this first stage where it goes, I, I, I've I've touched Jesus. He's touched me. He's, uh, I, I've met with him, but it felt like nothing's changed. I wonder, is Jesus leading you out of something? right now, where you might not be able to see. Your condition's still struggling, but you're not where you used to be. And, and, and really, it's in these times where Jesus is revealing to us through this man, the first thing he does, he says, I gotta get you, and I gotta get you out of Bethsaida. I gotta get you out of this environment where there's doubt and there's fear. I gotta get you out of these influences that are negative and they're bringing you down, they're hurting your faith. I gotta get you out of this place. See, the problem with why you haven't received your sight yet is because you've been hanging out too much in Bethsaida. You've been hanging out where there's all this doubt and all this fear, and I can't, I can't trust God right now because of the influence of God. And so Jesus said, what I'm going to do in this first touch is I'm going to get you out. Thank you. You can sit down. I don't want to hold hands with you all service. That'd be really awkward. Like, starting to get a little sweaty, you know. But I wonder, is Jesus leading you out? Like, there's some of us in this room that you used to be real comfortable in certain environments, and as you've started a relationship with Jesus, now those same environments that used to just be your place where you'd hang out, now you're not okay with it anymore. The way you used to do business is like it was just commonplace. It's the way everyone does business, but now you're not okay with it anymore. Jesus might be leading you out. And as soon as you start a relationship with him, he begins calling to you. And he, he begins speaking to you on a spiritual level. And the, the deep, and God is crying out to the deep in you saying, come up here. Come to a different level. I'm going to bring you to a place where I can bless you and change you. But you're not going to be satisfied with where you've been anymore. For some of you, this has happened years ago when you started a relationship with God. For some of you, even this year, as we've started by putting Jesus first in our lives this year, you start recognizing that there are friends you used to hang out with, and now it's like they still call you, but you just, I don't know. I don't know anymore. I don't know about that. It, it is, it's Jesus calling you out. 
And if you don't understand this, you can get frustrated because we'll, we'll see people all the time who will start a relationship with Jesus and expect their, all of a sudden their problem is solved and it's a quick fix. And instead what they get is they're now being led around in the dark and now there's conflict because now I'm having a fallout with my coworkers, a fallout with my family members, and we start going, wait a minute, I, I don't know about this. This is, this is being let out. So the challenge of this stage is can you follow Jesus through the dark? Can, can you trust him even when you can't see anything about your condition changing? And this man that Jesus grabbed onto, he begins leading him out. He takes him out of an environment, of friendships, out of a, a place where there was doubt and fear and uncertainty. He gets him off by himself and then we see that after that's the first touch, he let him out, comes the second touch. In the second touch we find in verse 23, it says, He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. And when he had spit on the man's eyes, he put his hands on him and asked, Do you see anything? See, Jesus led him out and then he touched him a second time and it's kind of gross. It says he, he, he spit on him. And Will, I'm not going to do that to you. We'll just we'll leave this to the imagination. It would be fun, but uh, but it's kind of gross. He, he touches them, but then immediately Jesus asks a question. He says, what do you see? There, there's a touch, and then there's a test. Jesus touches the man, and then immediately it's followed with a question, a test. Jesus will test you every time he touches you. See, he wants to know, is my word taking root in your life? Is, is what I'm telling you to do, are you obeying me? Is it changing you? Are, are you being affected by what I want to do in your life? So he touches him, and he says, let me see, what do you see right now? Don't you know, you can't come underneath godly teaching. You can't read the Bible. You can't be around other people who are being blessed by God and not be tested. You will be tested by the word that you hear from God. When, when you hear something to be obedient to, he'll say, okay, I want, I want to see right now, is this getting in? Are, are you being changed? Are you being affected right now? There's a touch and then there's a test. He said, what do you see? And the man answers, and he's very honest with his answer. He looked up and said, I, I see people and they look like trees walking around. See, this brings us to the blurred stage of the second touch. He said, I see people, but I don't see clearly. I can and see they're there, but, but it, like, they kind of look like trees. It's a little bit strange. Like, I can't see things real sharp right now. There's a blurred stage when you receive a touch from God where, where he touches you and you can begin to see. You begin, can begin to come out of darkness into life. And when this happens, it's like I, I'm not really seeing things very clearly. So Jesus touches this man and all of a sudden he starts seeing people walking around. And the Bible says that the man said, that, yeah, but they look like trees. And it's really interesting because later as we read on in Scripture, we see that Jesus is surrounded by men who, who followed him and, and, and they could see eventually that Jesus was the Messiah. He was the Son of God. He came to take on the sins of the world. But what they couldn't see is that Jesus was going to end up dying on, the, on a tree for their sins and raising again. So they could see the man, but they couldn't see the tree. 
Jesus is surrounded by people who, who were beginning to see. They were starting to see, but they couldn't see that it was going to end up on a tree and, and Jesus coming down off a tree and, and, and resurrecting again for us. So, so Jesus is showing us now with this man that now he has an encounter with a man who can see men, but they look like trees. So it's like I'm starting to see something with some sort of spiritual significance, but I'm confused by it. I don't understand it. Like, I'd like to grasp a little bit more about this, but I I don't understand. He's in a blurred stage. And even Peter couldn't see that Jesus was going to hang on a tree. Because Peter, we see was called the rock because God revealed to him that Jesus is the son of God, that he's the Messiah. But then later on we see that that Jesus calls Peter a devil because Peter's going, I don't want you to go to the cross. There's got to be another way. And he's saying, get behind me, Satan. Like you can't stand in the way of what God wants done here. So, So in one area, Peter's a rock and he can see clearly. But in another area, he can't see clearly and he's called a devil. And the same man, he's a rock about certain things and he's a devil about certain things. And the same man, I'm righteous and I can see clearly over here, but but I'm a little confused over here and I might be getting it wrong over here. I wonder, do you know what it's like to have that struggle? Am I the only person in this room who has the struggle of being right in certain areas of being blind in others? It's the blurred stage. You might be acting like, if you just focus, look forward, act like you got it all together, no one will know that you struggle too, right? But we go through stages in life where we start to recognize things that I thought I was clear on, I wasn't really clear on, I, I wasn't seeing things right. This is why we, we can't be judgmental of other people, because we're in a blur. Jesus says, it's like, don't try to pick the speck of sawdust out of one man's eye because you have a plank in your own. He said, you, you might see a problem in someone else's life that they can't see clearly, but you can't see clearly either, so stop trying to judge. Like it, it, The Bible says right now we see a poor reflection, but someday we will see clearly as face to face. That means we go through a stage, and many of us in this room are in the blurred stage right now where I'm not seeing everything clearly. Or I, I, I kind of, I'm not where I was, right? Because I was in the dark. I was lost. I was in sin. I was in darkness and shame, completely blind. And the problem here and the struggle here in this stage is I'm not where I used to be, but I'm certainly not where God has taken me. I'm not, I'm not in the darkness anymore, but I'm, I'm, I'm not seeing clearly right either. And you'd be surprised what you can't see when you're in a blur, I wear glasses sometimes when I'm on stage so I can read and uh, so I can see your faces. Because otherwise, like if you guys got grumpy looks on your face, I'll just take them off. <laughs> you know, can't see you now anyways, right? But you'd be surprised what you can't see in a blur. Like, my daughters will be sitting in the back of the truck and Kayla, who's 11 years old, has got very sharp vision. And when sometimes I'm driving around and I don't have my glasses on, don't worry, I don't have to have them to drive. I'm not like 80 um, <laughs> but sorry to the, um, <laughs> but I'm driving around and, I, and she'll say, hi dad, did you see that shirt? That's funny. And I'm like, what shirt? She's on that man. And I'm like, what man? <laughs> you know, like she can read a shirt off of a guy. I didn't even see the guy. So you'd be surprised by what you can't see when you're in a blur. And sometimes we go through life's decisions, trying to make decisions when we can't even see things clearly. 
This is what you got to understand this. you got to stop making definitive statements while you're in a blur. That was better than you just gave it credit for. I'm telling you, you need to stop making definitive statements in a blur. This could save your marriage. It could save your job. You might be in a blurred stage where you're starting to see, but you don't have clarity. You don't really know what God's direction is for you yet. Stop making decisions in those phases because it's in those phases. There are people in this room. You've gotten divorced in a blur. You've quit a job in a blur. You've moved in a blur. You've gotten married in a blur. (laughs) Don't want to go there. Let's move on. Um, But you, you can't make definitive statements and make important decisions when you're in a blur. And this man, he, I love this man in the story because he was honest and he was humble. And, and I think that if we were honest, there'd be a lot of us that, that might not have reacted the same way the man did because we say, I needed a touch from Jesus. I got my touch from Jesus and everyone else around me can see clearly. It's like they got their life together. They look like they're, they've got it all together. So now that I can see a little bit, I want to act like I'm fine and so I can look like I fit in with everybody else here. So it's like I got a touch from Jesus, but I'm not seeing clearly. And I think a lot of us would just leave it there and be like, well, okay, I guess I'm good. I got a little bit better, so that must be good enough. You know, inc- incremental is fine for me. But... I love this man because this man was honest. He said, I can start, Jesus, I can see a little bit, but it's just not right. Like, I'm not where I was. I'm not, I don't think I'm at the place of vision you're trying to bring me to. I, I, I think there's more. Jesus, would you show me a little bit more? Would you clear things up for me? And since this man humbled himself and he got honest, Jesus shows us a third touch. Jesus touches him again, and the Bible says it was then and only then when the man became honest and humble about where he was and the fact that he couldn't see clearly that Jesus touched him again and his sight was fully restored and that he was made whole. Now, would this man have ever received wholeness? Would he have ever received his sight if he decided to not be honest and just be like, I'm good? No, there's too many of us, too many of us. So we settle when God is just beginning the process. Well, I'm certainly not the way they act. I'm certainly not in that struggle anymore. Thank God I'm not going bankrupt. Thank God that I'm not sick. And, And it's like God is beginning the process and we're going, I'm good. I'm good. And we walk through life blurred. Trying to make decisions blurred, leading other people blurred, leading businesses blurred. Jesus is saying there's more. I want to heal you. I want to open your eyes. I want to show you more, but I'm waiting to see if you're humble. I'm waiting to see if you're honest. The Bible says if you humble yourself, the Lord will lift you up. So what I want to do to end this service today is invite you to stand to your feet with me. Because I believe in this room, there's a lot of us that you've been able to recognize and identify exactly what stage you're in right now. I think for some of you, it's been an encouragement this morning to realize that, that maybe God is drawing you out of things. And maybe some of the conflicts you're having with people and some of the areas where you used to be comfortable and you're not comfortable there anymore is because Jesus is leading you out. And yes, your condition hasn't changed yet, but it's evidence that Jesus is working on it right now. And that's good. That's encouragement. But I get a sense there's a lot of us in this room. 
a lot of us that would say we're in the second stage. I'm in the blurred stage. Not where I was, certainly not where I think I should be. I, I can see a little bit. I can see that God's working in my life a little bit, but I can't see, like, what, what's the end result here? What's he doing? What are the details? Like, I, 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 don't, I can't see clearly, and I'm trying to make decisions. And, and it's difficult when you're making decisions that don't just affect you, but they affect your kids, they affect your coworkers, they affect your spouse. So, like, God, I, I can't just be bumping around through life, wandering around, because the man could have just wandered off. He, he could have just said, well, I, I can see. I'm out of here. And, 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 and gone through life, bumping around, trying to feel his way through life. But, but the man stayed right at Jesus' side and said, uh, the, I'm not ready yet. I need more of you. So what I want to ask you to do right now is if you close your eyes and bow your head, just like this man, with an act of honesty and an act of humility, if you'd say, I'm walking around in a blurred state right now, I want to encourage you to put your hand up so we can pray for you. Every person in this room, blurred. I could, I could use God touching me and opening my eyes. I could use some clarity in my life. I could use some help from my Savior. In an act of humility right now, I want to invite every one of you that just raised your hands to come down forward, and we're going to sing a song together as a church, making a declaration that we're going to follow Jesus wherever he takes us, that, that in our worlds, he's going to be the one that we lift high, that he's the rescuer in our life, that we're not going to just try to fake it through life, but if, if we got to stand at Jesus' feet and say, I'm not ready yet, would you show me more? Would you help me? That he is the one that can open the eyes of the blind. It's Jesus that can give sight to us. It's Jesus that can give us clarity. So for every person in this room, if you look around, that's a lot of us. We are a generation of people. We are a church of people who need a touch from Jesus. So I want to encourage you right now to not make this just a corporate thing where we're doing this as a, as a group of people, but I want to encourage you right now to make this a personal thing, that you would connect to Jesus right now as we sing this song and begin asking him, Jesus, give me another touch. Jesus, open my eyes. Jesus, help me right now as we begin to sing this song. See, I think a, a lot of times there's a temptation to try to wrap your mind around moments like this and think, if there's a, is there a right way to do this? And I, I don't want to mess this up. This is all a faith thing. This is a heart issue. This is just going, God, I'm trusting in you, and I don't have all the answers. I can't see clearly, but you can. So I'm not going to do it right, but would you grab a hold of me and help me in life? Would you grab a hold of me and give me vision and clarity right now? So I want to pray over you, and then we're going to sing this song together as a church. Jesus, we recognize that there is one healer. There is one that we can come to that can open our eyes. There is one that can show us our identity. There is one that can show us who we are and what we're supposed to do, and that's only you, only our creator. So God, as we come before you right now, we're coming humbly and honestly and we're admitting to you, we don't have it all figured out. We've been walking through life, bumping into things, judging other people because we can't see clearly and we ask God, would you open our eyes? Give us vision. Give us clarity now. As we worship you right now, I pray your Holy Spirit would come in this room and begin to open the eyes of the blind in this room. 
Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans 10.9. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my Savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this, in your precious Son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week.